This episode of the Agilent Podcast is dedicated to the memory of Jack Wenstrand. Jack sadly passed away last month. Jack dedicated his life to advancing science and promoting the work of Agilent's customers and thought leader communities, believing that strong partnerships between industry and academia and the sharing of scientific knowledge was a key enabler to tackle some of the world's biggest challenges to human health. Jack will be missed and always remembered by his Agilent family. Hello everyone and welcome to the 12th episode in the Agilent podcast series. If you're tuning in for the first time, my name is Victoria Wadsworth and I'm the Associate Vice President of Brand, Business PR and Customer Experience here at Agilent Technologies. Like most companies, we're often asked about who we are and what we stand for. These podcasts demonstrate who we are as a business by discussing the values and themes close to our heart and the hearts of our customers. Establishing a more sustainable planet is at the top of the agendas of many global organisations and governments. The need to incorporate sustainable practices has also trickled down to the communities we live in. One thing we can all agree on is that change needs to come from all facets of society and industry if we want to have any chance in achieving a meaningful reduction of carbon emissions and tackle climate change. Agilent takes this call to action very seriously as we aim to put sustainable practices at the heart of everything we do through our operations and our collaborations. My first guest today is actually a key partner of the organisation who is driving eco-friendly practices within the scientific industry. My name is James Connolly and I am the CEO of the global environmental nonprofit My Green Lab. Thanks for taking the time to speak with us today, James. First off, please could you explain to our listeners what My Green Lab does as an organization and what its objectives are? My Green Lab's mission is to build a culture of sustainability in science to transform the industry into a global leader on environmental sustainability. We do that through education, community engagement, and market-leading certification tools that are inspiring the scientific community to integrate sustainability into everything they do. Thank you for that overview. So why is it so important for labs to consider sustainability initiatives and environmentally friendly practices? Uh, Laboratories are massively resource intensive spaces. I think everybody that works in a lab or supports researchers um, or works in the research enterprise or the industry itself knows and and is aware of the environmental impact, but perhaps they're not really aware of the magnitude of that impact. They use 10 times the amount of energy as a typical commercial office space, five times as much water. Uh, They produce 12 billion pounds of plastic waste each year, which is recently measured to be close to 2% of global plastic waste. And that number is actually probably much higher Uh, as a result of COVID-19. So the impact is massive and significant, and science has to be part of the solution if we're going to meet Paris Climate Agreement targets. Wow, that's fascinating. I had no idea. And I don't think it's common knowledge that labs expend that much energy. So how have partnerships helped you in establishing sustainable lab practices? That's a great question. We started out working with a number of interested professionals at universities that recognized there was an environmental impact to research and started green lab programs to address it. Uh, We've grown that movement now 
into a green lab certification that can be applied to any research laboratory anywhere across the world. We've engaged with over 700 labs and we engage with individuals as well um, at the grassroots level to drive change. But if we wanna drive real change at the scale necessary to dramatically curve the trajectory of the, the industry to drive down their carbon impact, we need engagement from the premier and leading institutions in science. Uh, not only universities and research institutions, we need engagement uh, from biotech and pharmaceutical companies and the companies that support them supply their products. Of course. So My Green Lab and Agilent are partnering together on a number of initiatives. One that we're particularly excited about is the ACT label program. Would you mind telling our listeners something more about this program? ACT stands for Accountability, Consistency, in transparency. And the ACT label is the first eco label for the laboratory supplies industry. You could kind of think of it like a nutrition facts on a cereal box that's actually measuring the environmental performance along key indicators for laboratory products. It looks at the manufacturing impact of a product, the user impact of a product, as well as where the product goes at the end of its life. The positive impact that ACT has on the environment is twofold. From the laboratory side, it ensures that researchers and procurement officials are purchasing the most sustainable products that use the least amount of water, the least amount of energy. And so that actually drives down the environmental impact of the research lab itself. One final question from my side. What do you think are the key challenges that labs and research institutes are facing in their mission to become more sustainable? One of the primary challenges that we face at My Green Lab as we're rolling out our Green Lab certification or we're engaging with institutes around Green Labs is a concern that it's going to impact the science itself. And obviously, if the science isn't working, it's not a truly sustainable solution. So the way that we address that challenge is rather than providing a specific prescriptive checklist uh, that's very constrictive in what you need to do to meet the requirements of our program, we educate scientists on their environmental impact. Additionally, even when both large institutions, corporations, or scientists understand that there's a big environmental impact and they know they need to do something about it, there aren't clear actionable pathways and frameworks uh, that will reward them for, for taking the right positive steps in the right direction. And our Green Lab certification provides that framework that helps people understand exactly what they can be doing, what actions can they take now, the low-hanging fruit, as well as the larger, bigger systemic actions they need to take to reduce their environmental impact. Thank you for providing us with so many insights and perspectives. Hearing James highlight the significant impact labs can have upon our environment got me thinking about our practices here at Agilent and the kind of measures we've been taking to minimize our environmental footprint. I'm Darlene Solomon, Chief Technology Officer and Senior Vice President at Agilent. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Darlene. We've been talking about incentivizing greener labs. 
From your perspective, is there a business case to be made for eco-friendly lab innovations in today's market? Yes, there is significant customer need for eco-friendlier innovations, and we are seeing this across all geographies. In a global survey of 700 lab managers, 50% had corporate sustainability goals and many with specific target areas. We are also seeing that sustainability is driving customers' preference for doing business with companies who prioritize this, especially ones who show concrete commitment to their goals with an intentional plan and can show that they're actually achieving these goals. So with that in mind, could you tell us a little bit about how product sustainability is taken into consideration at Agilent? So sustainability and design for the environment are part of our product development life cycle, which is the backbone of our new product introduction processes. And this life cycle includes consumables and software as well as instrumentation. Design for environment encompasses the environmental aspects of design, manufacture, distribution, use, all the way through disposal, recovery, or reuse of Agilent's products. I personally lead a cross-Agilent team whose mission is to drive an intentional product development focus and culture of sustainability across our R&D teams, which also includes education and training. Maintaining the quality of results has been at the forefront of your team's minds over the years. So how has Agilent enabled its lab-based customers to reduce their environmental footprint without compromising on quality? Yes, that's, that's a great question. We understand that our customers need performance quality that is cost-effective while at the same time advancing their goals to reduce environmental footprint. We have been developing products with this in mind for many years. For example, Agilent's Intuvo gas chromatograph uses an efficient direct heating system that requires less than half the electrical power of a conventional GC. Or the microwave plasma atomic emission spectrometer, which incorporates unique technology that removes the need to use water or combustible gases to analyze samples. It literally runs on air and therefore can be installed in either a centralized laboratory or out in the field in a remote location. As you heard from James, we are a leader in demonstrating the ACT label for complex analytical instrumentation. Our liquid chromatography, gas chromatography, and mass spectrometry product families are all ACT label certified. Through the ACT label program, we have added credible and objective rigor and structure around our sustainability characterization of our current products and this is also helping us set goals towards our continuous improvement in support of sustainability. And how has Agilent as a large organization shown its commitment to being more sustainable? At Agilent, we believe that sustainability is an important part of meeting our mission to provide our customers with trusted answers and insights that advance the quality of life. Looking to our internal operations, we've been reducing energy and water consumption at many sites around the globe by introducing solar power, updating lighting, and other investments. In terms of products, we develop products designed to support the reduction of the environmental impact of our customers and to enhance their sustainability initiatives. We also support recycling and green purchasing through smarter packaging, instrument trade-in programs, but it's not just about the hardware and consumables. Software and services 
can reduce our carbon footprint through digital transformation. We also partner with our suppliers to operate sustainably and drive full transparency from vendors regarding sustainable products and services. And we report on our sustainability practices and progress to employees, investors, and customers on a regular basis. Nobody said saving the planet would be easy, right? I think the biggest challenge that we all face is that this isn't just about quick fixes, but a sustained effort from all stakeholders. And it takes the combined effort of individuals and teams from across the entire company or organization. The future is one in which we work together and help labs reduce their environmental impact while at the same time increasing their productivity, lowering costs, as well as making the lab a safer, healthier environment in which to work. Thank you, Darlene. As Darlene mentioned, the journey towards a greener planet won't be solved quickly. In fact, we need to be incorporating sustainable practices and ways of living into all aspects of our lives. So for my next interview, I wanted to spend some time hearing about the important work being done around us every day to bring about lasting change. My name is Catherine Kenyon and I'm a Senior Programme Manager at Global Action Plan. Thank you for joining us today, Catherine. Could you please start by telling us a little bit about Global Action Plan and specifically your role? Global Action Plan is a sustainability charity that helps people live more sustainable lifestyles. Um, In terms of my role at Global Action Plan, so I lead the team's um, movement leadership portfolio. So that means I coordinate um, Clean Air Day, which is the UK's largest national campaign on air pollution. Um, And I also lead across our clean air health portfolio. So I work with health professionals and how they can speak to their patients about air pollution. Well, that sounds like a fascinating role. So, Catherine, how detrimental is air pollution to smaller communities and on a larger scale, our planet? So air pollution is a massive problem across the UK. Exposure to air pollution can cause really quite a wide range of health problems. So that includes it damage to lungs, triggering asthma, increasing blood pressure. Um, and there are you know, really serious implications when you have long term exposure to air pollution, too. To put it into context, the UK also has one of the highest levels of childhood asthma in Europe. Um, And based on the latest WHO recommendations, the majority of schools in the UK exceed safe levels of air pollution. Um, So it's a really big problem, um, but one that absolutely can be responded to. You mentioned Clean Air Day earlier. Can you tell us about how this campaign came into fruition and its impact? Clean Air Day is the UK's largest um, air pollution campaign, and we see thousands of people come together across the country to raise awareness and celebrate the benefits of clean air. So this is the fifth year of the campaign. And when we first launched the campaign, so that was back in 2017, there was really very little public information anyway about air quality. This year's campaign was our biggest yet. On the day itself, we saw over 300 organisations that included local authorities, schools, community groups, hospitals and businesses taking action to raise awareness about air pollution and tell people the role that they can play in terms of reducing emissions. So, you know, on clean air day, can you leave your car at home um, and maybe try a more sustainable mode of transport? Um, And then increasingly this year, we've moved to a call for more collective action on air pollution, um, whether that be from governments, from organisations, from businesses. Um, So essentially kind of really emphasising that everybody has a role to play. So what we want to do is to encourage people to take action themselves, but also to empower them to tell decision makers what action they need to take um, as well to improve air quality. What an amazing initiative. And have you noticed any associated behavioural changes from other organisations or communities that you're working with? 
public perception surveys we've done nationally have shown that now over 50% of the UK population have heard of Clean Air Day. So 64% of um, people now choose to walk or cycle instead of using um, cars for short journeys, and that's an increase of 22% since 2017. See, I can't attribute all of that to Clean Air Day, but I think it's absolutely been part of that journey in terms of people shifting um, the way that they travel. So we are absolutely seeing kind of people's perception of the importance of air pollution changing, um, and that can be used to kind of influence policy and decision makers, which is really important. Now, what more do you think needs to be done in this area to prevent further air pollution? So I think the first thing is, is making sure that we have legal limits in place. I personally think they absolutely should be in line with WHO um, guidelines in terms of what those limits should be. I think the next kind of key point is really that we need to make sure that we have policies in place and sufficient budget for governments to take action at both national and local levels to meet those recommendations. And then I'd say just a kind of in terms of collectively beyond kind of government action, we see um, a global action plan that everybody has a role to play in terms of responding to air pollution. I totally agree with you, Catherine. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. Our guests today have shown me just how pertinent sustainable living is to our planet and its future, and our future health, whether that be in the laboratory or in our everyday lives. While we may have a long way to go to meet global sustainability targets, it's a comfort to know that we have expert leaders in a variety of industries who are driving us to strive towards a greener planet. Thanks for listening.